You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Yeah. This is Tom Rossi, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Did they, did they clap for you, David, when you came? I think <laughs> um, wow, great to be here. Um, I want, you know, last week we had a sermon on um, giving and getting free from our finances. And, um, you know, it, it's getting toward the end of the year and we're trying to work out our budget for next year. And so we're, you know, um, we're doing the pledge cards and things like that. And next week we're talking about mission. We have a guest speaker who's going to talk about mission and some of the things that we're doing in the church. And so this week, you know, it was like, Tom, you know, you're right in between giving a mission, pledge cards, you know, fit something in. And I was like, well, it's Thanksgiving. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to work it. And I, and I finally, I just give up. And I'm like, all right, I can't, I can't do it. I'm, instead, I'm just going to deal with what God's dealing with in my life. Like, because I keep coming back to this. And whenever I teach, you need to know this. My wife knows this. Whenever I teach, like, I don't have it down, right? That's one of the, that's one of the great things about teaching is that you get to like teach to yourself like I study and I learn and I try to be changed in the process of teaching but this talk in particular you need to know that I do not have this down okay so I to make that even more clear what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna take a chair and I just want you to imagine because I'm gonna imagine that's me in that chair because he this guy needs to hear this talk more than most people Okay, he's, he's dense, and especially when it comes to this topic, okay, and so we're talking, what I want to, what, what God has been dealing with me is, is busyness, is busyness, and I'm, and I'm not talking, oh, it's because of Thanksgiving, no, 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 before Thanksgiving, I'm already busy, and it has nothing to do with the holidays, I'm busy, stuff is just crazy busy in my life, the life course, the life course weekend, I mean, it kind of all culminated on the Friday right before the life course weekend, of just so much stuff going on. And I told Kit, like, I finally, I figured out why I'm so stressed out. The, the reason I'm so upset, it's because when I go to bed at night, there's more on my to-do list than when I started in the morning. And, and that's, it's just overwhelming. And you have this feeling of, of anxiousness and, and stress. And so that's kind of where I was. And um, on, on the Friday before the Life Course weekend, and on the Monday after that, we had a church leadership meeting, and all the ch- everybody, we, we were all sharing, and we were all in the same boat. We were all feeling all this busyness, of not, not like busy work. They're all important things, and they're all good things, but they were just so many things that we couldn't keep up with, and we were all kind of sharing, you know, this busyness in our lives. And this is even before Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving kicks off. Thursday, and it's, and we know this is the busiest time of year, right? I mean, from the minute the, the fat guy in the red suit comes down 34th Street until an SEC team wins the national championship, it is just, it is just, you know it's going to happen. You know, I mean, this is just a busy time. And so, this is for him and for us. But this is, this, this, what, what I want to talk about is a passage that comes from Luke. Um, chapter 10. Let me pray before we get into it. 
God, we pray that you would show up this morning in a powerful way. God, that you would set us free from to-do lists, that you would set us free from anxiety, that you would help us to abide in you and to know your presence and to know the peace that you offer us. Come, Holy Spirit. Make this clear to us this morning. Lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you listening? See, he, he gets bit. He's checking his iPhone. He's not, it's, he's not even listening. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. This is Jesus, and he's been, he's been doing ministry for a while. And it's coming to the close of his, of his ministry on earth. And he's on his way to Jerusalem. And on the way, he stops by a place that he, he has been before, that he has friends, that he has relationships and um, so starting in 38, it's him and it's his disciples. And it's not clear when they say disciples, right? You've got the 12 close disciples, but there were also hundreds of disciples that followed him around. But it's, all we know is it's Jesus and his disciples moving through. So I would imagine it's a crowd. I would imagine it's a lot of people. This would be the height of his ministry. So he's going through. It says, now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And the, and the, and the welcomed him... Like, the, the word just, it's, it means so much more than what we can just say in welcomed him. So, in Eugene Peterson, when he did the message, he said it like this. He said, um, Martha made him feel quite at home. Martha made him feel welcome. Martha made this experience, this home. He, she wanted him to feel at home in this place. Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet. And listen to his teaching. This Mary, who's sitting at the Lord's feet, is the same one who anointed his feet with expensive perfume. When she experienced the, the ministry of Jesus, when, when, when the gospel got a hold of her, the same Mary. And so the, these sisters are welcoming Jesus and his disciples, a crowd of people, into their house. Right? Some of you, you can relate. Right? You had crowds of people in your house. Now, just imagine one of them was Jesus, all right? You talk about stressed out and anxious and making sure things are right. What would you hide if you knew Jesus was coming here? I just want to... But, so Jesus and his disciples, they come into their home because they're friends. They're friends with Mary and, and Martha. And, and, and they, they're on this way. They're on their mission. Mary, let's look at her first, is enthralled with the presence of Jesus, right? She's, she's closer than any of the disciples. You have to assume, right? She's at the feet of Jesus, unless like Peter's sitting on his lap, right? Like she's closer to Jesus than anyone. She is as close as she can get. She sits at the feet of Jesus and she says, teach me, instruct me. She's listening to the teaching of Jesus. For her, her personality for what, from what we can glean, it's about being with Jesus. It's about being teachable, being humble, being present, being, growing in love with Jesus and getting her time with Jesus, getting her connection with Jesus, enjoying the presence of Jesus. Mary, primarily concerned with relationship. Did I get my time with Jesus? Did I listen? Was I humble? Did I understand? Right? These are the things that, that, that in, in a Mary-type 
mentality, the things that, that, that you would think about, that she thinks about. How is my relationship with Jesus? She's in the living room, right? Surrounded by disciples, curled up as close as she can get to Jesus, listening to him. And then verse 40. But Martha was distracted. Are you listening to this? This is the part you need. Martha, Martha was distracted with much serving. Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. <laughs> How many of you know it's bad when you're telling G Jesus to do something? <laughs> like, you really need, to, really need to doubt your theology at that point. You obviously don't know what's right here, Jesus, so let me just tell you what you need to do. Martha is busy. She's in the kitchen. She's in the bedrooms. She's, she's not with Jesus. She's busy doing the things that she thinks Jesus needs. She's working so hard that she can't enjoy the presence of Jesus. Right? He's in your house. But she's so busy. And she's thinking, I'm sure, as she's working, Hey, Jesus, I made your bed. Hey, Jesus, I made dinner. Hey, Jesus, I baked you an apple pie. All these presents, right? It's not about being in the presence of Jesus for her. It's about giving presents to Jesus. You like what I did there? <laughs> it's not about being in the presence. Of, he wrote that. Martha's... <laughs> Bob English is watching and he has, he's totally confused. That's me down there. Um, Martha is primarily concerned with what she needs to do, Right? her to-do list, her responsibilities, the things that she needs to do for Jesus. And they're good things, right? Her checklist of something she, she wants to do, she feels like, man, if I don't do something, I can't just sit there like Mary. There's stuff that needs to be done. Look at all these people that are in the house. And, and there's some part of her you know that's thinking, Jesus hasn't thought this through, right? Jesus has no idea. She's working so hard. Got to do the dishes, do the laundry, do the chores, get through all the things. But she becomes distracted. This is a distraction. And this, I think, is important for us. We can become so busy that we become distracted. We can become so busy that we miss out on life. Right? I don't know what your Thanksgiving was like. But the whole holiday season, it, 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 just, it just magnifies what we experience all year long which is this idea of being busy and being so intent on doing one thing and going to the next thing and going to the next thing that we can miss out on life in the moment because we're too busy thinking about what comes next. We're so busy that we can miss out on it. She's distracted. And so I was like, okay, well, distracted. I'm going I'm to do some Greek. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up this word, distracted. So I start looking in all the different translations. You know how it comes across? Always, consistently, distracted. No deeper meaning. Distracted. So I'm like, okay, I got to go to the dictionary. To turn away from an original focus. There was an original focus. What was her original focus? Her friendship with Jesus. The teaching of Jesus, the gospel, the good news. That it no longer depends on the things that you do, but it depends on the things that Jesus has done. That the kingdom of God, the rulership, the reign, the presence of God is closer than it's ever been before. 
that was the original focus. You would think of any follower of Jesus, of any friend of Jesus, but she's become distracted, drawn away from. Her attention has gone somewhere else. What are the things that distract us? What are the things that distract us? We need to be purposeful in our choices, right? That's, that's the problem is that we can get distracted, distracted. You don't even realize you're distracted until an hour, a week, hopefully not years later. And you realize my original focus wasn't this. But somehow I became so consumed with my job that I totally forgot that there was more to life than work and career. Or somehow I got so focused on, on, on this thing that I've been distracted from my original focus of what God has told me about who I am about the things in life that I really get life from, the things that feed me, the things that, that awaken within me passions and desires. The things that distract us are not necessarily bad things, but they're just not the original focus. They're just not the things that are the best things. They can be good things, but they're not the best things. We need to be purposeful. What was she distracted from? What was, what was she distracted from? Her original focus, Jesus, from her identity as a friend of Christ. You know, we believe at River City Church, we absolutely, we believe in God the Father who loves us. And we believe in God the Son who has shown us the love of God. That was a visible expression. We believe in the Spirit of God who empowers us, who leads us. But we believe there is an enemy. We believe that there is one who will do whatever he can to rob us from life. We believe in that, and this is a great example. If he can just keep us busy, if he can just keep us distracted, we can miss out on life. There is someone who will work against us. We need to make purposeful decisions to not be distracted, to not, you need, are you listening? You need to make these choices. And what distracted her? She's distracted from Jesus, and what distracted her? Serving Jesus. Isn't that crazy? In her, she's serving Jesus, and that's the very thing that drew her away from Jesus. Because she's thinking about the bed that she's making. She's thinking about this, the pie that she's baking. Whatever it is, it's a distraction from Jesus, and it's serving Jesus that's doing it. And it finally gets to the point. You can tell they're siblings, right? Like when, when I read this, all I hear are like my kids. Mom, she's not helping. Tell her, right? Martha, that's what it sounds like. Embittered. A little upset. A little frustrated with the old Jesus. Doesn't that, isn't that the way she sounds? We can become embittered. We can become resentful. Working so hard for Jesus. We can become embittered to the point where Martha orders Jesus to do what is right. We've got issues, and we do that. But we can get to that point. No one ever helps me. No one does their part. No one follows through. I love the Lord the most. I'm working the hardest. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care about all that I'm doing for you? Why am I not experiencing more of you in my life? Don't you care of all the things that I'm doing? 
anxious, stressed out, freaked out, furrowed brow, grumpy, grouchy, and troubled. That's where a lot of us find ourselves working so hard. Does it ever seem like the more that you try to live for God, the harder things become? It's all, I definitely, I felt like I was, I told everybody, I was like, I felt like I was working against God. Like at every, I mean, I could tell you story after story of just these like two or three days where everything I did, it felt like God was trying to thwart me. And I'm like, I'm doing your work, buddy. Get with the program. You're not helping out here. How about a green light? Just a green light, huh? That's easy. That's easy. Even probability gives me a green light. So give me a green light, you know? Does it ever seem like the more that you try to live for God, the harder things become? Do you ever feel like you're working so hard for God and he's not reciprocating? Who do you gravitate towards in the story? How many of you would consider yourself to be a Martha, driven by the doing, right? Or how many of us are Marys, man? We just want, we just want our time with Jesus. We just, we just want to be at his feet. We, just, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want to serve. We don't want to do. We just want to be with Jesus. Right? How many of you marry one of the opposite? Think about that. Right? You're frustrated. Right now, you're thinking about the fact that you were late to church. And why? It's because Mary had to catch up with her friends, or Mary had to do this or that. But Martha, she will be on time. We will keep, we will keep our schedule. We gravitate towards one or the other. And now, here's the thing. Here's where I could say that we need to find a balance. We need to find a balance between Martha and Mary. Right? We need to find the, the balance between the things that we do, the, the, the mission that God has called us to, and being Jesus, being with Jesus. I can say that we need to get at the feet of Jesus more, that we need to read our Bible more, that we need to pray more, right? That we need to listen to his instruction, and we need to balance that with serving God and going out and doing the ministry. And balance is a good thing. It's absolutely true. You know, God gives us this Sabbath principle, he gives us the Sabbath. It's so funny because we refer to it as a law, right? We refer to it as, well, thou shalt not work one day out of the week. Think about it. God's saying, don't work one day out of the week. That's all I'm asking. One day out of the week. Don't do it. But we go, oh, it's a law. God doesn't let me work. But he cares about us. And he knows that we will kill ourselves. That we will become embittered, that we become resentful, that we will get distracted, that we will miss out on the life that God has given us. And so he gives us the Sabbath. Not as a law, something to beat us up with, or for us to beat up other people, but as a place of rest. He's saying, look, you need to have balance in your life between resting and experiencing life and doing, because you will kill yourselves. Yes, we need to find balance so we don't become embittered and burned out on one end. Or on the other, we can become self-absorbed. It's all about Jesus and me. It's all about Jesus and me. And we can miss out on the mission that God has us on, to love people. I don't think it's coincidence that when Luke, when Luke put his gospel together, as he's recounting the stories of Jesus, this comes right after Jesus has just told the greatest commandment, to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Now he tells us a story, which is a living proof, a living example of what it looks like. He doesn't want us to become self-absorbed and miss the mission of God. But notice that it's not that Mary's not doing anything, 
right? It's not only that she's lazy. She's, she's doing first things first, right? She's, she's getting her time with Jesus. She's getting discipled by Jesus. So balance is a good thing. But the question is, is that what the scripture tells us? Is that what the, is that what the purpose of the story is? And so let's go on into 41. The Lord answered her. Now imagine you're Jesus and she just told you what to do. I'm thinking some sarcasm would be appropriate at that point. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you write the Bible? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you create life? Are you the son of God? Are you the anointed one? Oh, I'm sorry, Martha. But Jesus doesn't give her any sarcasm. The Lord answered her. Martha, Martha. Which is when, when you use someone's name like that, it's, it's a term of, of endearment. It, it, it's a loving response. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. She has chosen. She had options. She chose the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus is not condemning her. He's, he's inviting her. He's not giving her the stink eye. He's not making her feel bad. He's inviting her. He's trying to remind her of the first things first. He's trying to remind her of the original focus. It sounds so much like the appeal. Come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Martha, you need some rest, honey. Come to me. You're weary. Jesus missed Martha. Think about that. Jesus missed Martha. She, she's his friend. He knows he's about to start the hardest week of his life. He misses his friend. He didn't need her, but he loved her. And he enjoyed her and he pursued her. So me, I go to our meeting and we're all lamenting about how busy we are and the stuff that's going on. And, and we're all drawn back to the, to the obvious thing of we need to spend time with Jesus. Like that's where we need to be. We need to spend time with Jesus. And so good old, good old Martha over there, not you, Martha, but I was pointing at, at me in the seat. You know what I do? That becomes a to-do item. Spend time with Jesus. Okay, I'm going to put it on my to-do list. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to worship some. Right? And I've got a program for it. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know what songs to play. I know what verses to go to. Right? I got it worked out. So it was, it's a pretty easy to-do item for me to put on my list. And I remember, I, and so a, a day or two later, I, I get on my couch. I put on the music. I'm ready. You know, I'm going to do this thing. And that's when it hit me. God was just like, dude. I just want to hang out with you, man. Like, <laughs> I realize we've got this whole to-do thing down of what you need to do. But really, I just, I want to spend time with you. I miss you. I love you. Remember? And I was just overwhelmed by the presence of God in, in, in doing nothing, which is hard for me. Which is really hard for me because I would much rather study something, right? Well, Jesus, in the Old Testament... What does it say about, you know, whatever. And he's like, D just enjoy being. What is it that you're excited about? What, what, what has you anxious? And I remember I had this, I had, um, I had a great experience of freedom when I could say to Jesus, all right, Jesus, what's going on? Like, I know you're probably not going to understand all this stuff because, you know, you're Jesus. I don't know how good of a programmer you are. I don't know if you can deal with all the web stuff I'm dealing with over here. 
don't know if you're going to be able to deal with server management. I don't know if you're going to be able to deal with the struggles that I've got. But let me just lay them out there for you. And there's this freedom that comes from just being with Jesus. What are the things that have us anxious and troubled? What are the things that have us? Is it, is it trying to make sure the kids have the perfect holiday? Like I'm already, already starting to feel that, right? Making sure that everything is perfect for them, making sure that everyone is happy at all of our family gatherings, working so hard on our own efforts to accomplish our own goals, whether they're good or bad. Balance wasn't the problem in this passage. Balance wasn't the problem. Because what does Jesus say? One thing, one thing is required. He doesn't say this. Well, let me say this. One guy that I read, I don't want to mention his name because I don't know if Mark Driscoll listens to our podcast. This guy said this. He says, we need to be Mary first and Martha second. We need to be Mary first and Martha second. We need to worship like Mary and then we need to work like Martha. But Steve McVeigh, in his, in his um, book, Grace Walk, which is a phenomenal book, he says this. He says, Jesus could have said to Martha, now calm down. What you're doing is good, but what Mary is doing is important too. Both serving and resting have their proper place. You need to learn balance. But he doesn't say that, does he? He says, one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good portion. She has chosen the better thing. To seek me first, foremost. To love me, to listen to me, to abide in me. To allow me to inform all other areas of her life. To become a disciple through abiding in me. And Steve McVeigh goes on to say this. He says, does this minimize the importance of serving Jesus? Does this minimize the importance of, of doing for Jesus? How would Mary have responded if Jesus asked for a glass of water? Think about that for a second. So Mary is enraptured with Jesus' presence. How do you think she would have responded if Jesus had asked for a glass of water? <laughs> How do you think Martha would have responded? Would Martha have been able to hear him? Would Martha have been too busy making his bed? She could be distracted in the things that she's serving to not even hear what he would ask her. The problem is that Martha was busy doing good things. They just weren't the things that Jesus had for her. Right? Mary chose the good things. Peter Lord in his book, Hearing God, he said it this way. He says, wouldn't it be awful to spend your whole life trying to make God an apple pie only to, to die and discover he never liked apple pie? So I keep saying apple pie. I was hoping that would help. This idea that Martha was doing good things, they just weren't the things that Jesus had for her. And if Jesus is like, oh, I'm a little parched. You know, can I get some water, all this teaching? And Martha's like, later, Jesus, I got to get dinner ready. I don't know if you know how to feed all these people. I don't know if you've got that in your little bag of tricks, but there's like 30 or 40 people here, right? Obviously, she missed the whole feeding of the 5,000. <laughs> Abide in him. Otherwise, it's just the flesh, right? Abide in him. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me so that you will bear fruit. Abide in me so that through relationship, through this relationship, there will be fruit. Things will happen. But do we think that we can pull it off on our own? Just a little. Just a little we think that. Like Martha. Martha's like, she thinks she's got it down. 
She knows what needs to happen. All right, we got this many people in the house. This is what we're going to have to eat tonight. This is what we're going to have for leftovers tomorrow. We're gonna, like, she's got a plan. That's us, some of us. We can think, I can do it on my own. And Jesus says earlier, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. There is one thing that is required, abiding in him. Doing things for Jesus isn't the gospel. The good news of Jesus isn't that now we can be slaves, that now we can be servants. At one point, Jesus says this. He says, no longer do I call you servants, but I, have call, I call you friends. We are friends of the Most High. We are the righteousness of Christ. We are children of God. And Jesus is making the point, why do you act like, like a slave? Why do you act like I'm an oppressor? The only motivation in life that will maintain a godly lifestyle is love. The only motivation, if we want to do the right things, if we want to, to live the transformed life, and we want to be like Jesus, the only thing that will get us there, the only motivation will be experiencing the love of God. Anything else will leave us dry. Anything else will eventually fail. Any other motivation than that. That is discipleship. That is true growth. Being led by the Spirit into the loved life into the life of experiencing God's love. All right, I promise this is it. To wrap up, as we get into this crazy, busy season, this passage, I believe, encourages us this morning to rest in the friendship of Jesus, to abide in, here, in him, to hear from him first, to not to go do all these things on our own, but instead go to him and listen, what is it that he would have? What mission is he calling us to? To avoid distraction from the truth of the gospel of what he's done for us. And to abide in him and trust that he who has begun a good work in us will carry it on. He began the good work. He will finish it. So now what I want to do is everybody stand. And this is a hard. This is hard. Because what we're going to do is we're going to spend a couple minutes quiet. Right? And if you're like me, you don't like that. Right? At the, at, at the beginning of ministry time, when they're like, okay, let's just, let's all just be quiet and just invite the Spirit. You're thinking, what do I, I need to do? I've got the Jaguar game, I've won, I've got, like, I'm, I can't, I can't get there. Now the Marys, if you're here and you're Mary, you're already there. You're already with, you're already communing with God right now. But for some of us, we need time to get there. And so what I want to do is I just want to have time for us to be quiet. So let me, let me pray. And then we'll have some time to be quiet and then David will lead us into ministry. God, I thank you for Jesus. Father, I thank you that you have sent Jesus to show us how you feel about us. God, that you call us your friends. Help us to not be anxious. Help us to not be so busy that we get distracted from what you would have us do. For those of us who feel like Martha and embittered, help us right now to be quiet and to hear from you. Speak to us, we pray. And for those of us who, who liken ourselves to Mary, we pray that you would speak to us this morning about mission. What is it that you would have us do? What are you calling us to? How can we use the time and the relationship and the things you've given us to serve you? Come now, Holy Spirit, as we are quiet and speak to us.